Hi everyone, Lucy Kippis here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and this episode of our podcast is brought to you by our Be Well initiative and Yellow. From doing the books to doing it all, running your own business is a huge task. Take a load off with Yellow. From a website that stands out on Google to social ads that get you found, Yellow can grow your business online while you're busy growing your business. Plus, right now, Yellow can also help you take a holiday. Earn up to 60,000 Qantas points for your business across a range of eligible Yellow digital marketing solutions. Head to yellow.com.au to get started. T's and C's apply. Now on to the show. Sue Parker is a regular columnist for Flying Solo, and she always manages to put her quirky sense of humour to great use. Her recent column, Should I Stay or Should I Leave My Job?, touched a nerve in our community and for good reason. As Sue writes in the article, self-protection, fear and delusion are some of the biggest causes of career misery and indecision. So in your quietest moments, be reflective and listening. listen to the competing voices by being honest with yourself and check into your why. Why do you do what you do? Why do you make the decisions at the core of yourself? Dig down hard and have a hearty review of brand you. Sue, welcome back to the Flying Solo podcast. Good morning, Lucy. Lovely to be here again. Again, you're back. And I know, I love coming back. It's like the the great boomerang. I love being back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed uh, your latest column and we ran it in January, which apparently is a very common, well, obviously for obvious reasons, is a common time of year for people to be thinking about this stuff. But I think for our audience, it's a question that we're asking ourselves a lot of the time. So Mm. the advice that I just read out from that quote is terrific. Um, I've shared that around the site. The thing that I'm thinking about, though, is it's great advice and it sounds so simple, as often great advice does, but I don't think it's so easy to apply this in practice and I'm wondering what you think, why you think that is. Oh, yeah, words are cheap, actions are harder, aren't they? Because I Mm -hmm. think my human... Our humanity is to protect ourselves and our humanity is to minimise risk and increase pleasure. And so when we have to think (laughs) um, and really have to peel back the layers and get a bit raw with ourselves, it's hard work. It's not an easy thing to do. It's It's not... always pleasurable and it's like that no pain no gain and as humans we really want to still feel very much comforted and so that's that work really means pulling back layers and people will end up either not doing that work or when they do it sabotage it by constantly rationalizing justifying and reassuring themselves um along that process which again keeps them stuck whether they are stuck in uh, a a business that they are running as a um a a soloist or business or consultant or in a job that they're in so it that yeah that, that kind of um keeps them rather stuck yes and that's a great point and i think you know it's Sometimes it's easier to speak about this this idea of self-awareness in the context of not relating to work. Like I don't think it's an ever an easy thing for anyone being human to to look at yourself with honesty. But for some reason I think when you are applying that self-reflection to your sphere of work, it's perhaps even more complex because – 
we absolutely need to work. Well, most of us do. <laughs> well, pretty much. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, do you think the difficulty in facing this particular thing regarding work, what do you think? Do you think the, the way that we feel about our work reflects something more about how we're feeling about ourselves generally? Is there a bigger lesson in that? That's a really good question. And there's a wonderful book, The Courage to Be Disliked, and I can never pronounce the names, but certainly the authors are Kishimi and Koga, and it's The Courage to Be Disliked. The whole precept of that book is that we all want to feel that we have contributed. We all feel that we we have made an impact and that we have created and something bigger around us. And now that is all very individual, isn't it? It's like Mm. that feeling of contribution. Did I do an okay job? Have I done, have I made a difference in my work or in my business? And that is what drives a lot of that. And people sort of forget that that's the core of humanity. Mm. Have I contributed? But it's, it's layered with so many other fears and, and concerns and imposter syndromes and expectations that people, and I think one of the big things around people when they're stuck and they're looking to either, you know, start a business or change careers or whatever that, where their, their gut is drawing them, there's other people chipping in with their expectations, their fears, their biases and their lack of feelings of contribution that they transfer to other people. So you might be quite sitting there going quite well in your retrospection and peeling back the wire and the layers, but then there are other people dumping their stuff on you, which stops you in your tracks a bit. And I think that's one of the issues where, and I come back to the courage to be disliked, is that, you know, to filter out the noise and realise, you know what, what I do and everything I do and everything I decide to do, whether it be my own business or my a career, some people are not going to like it. They're not going to yep. like it. They're not going to agree with it and they're going to dump on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's a really big issue too that um, stops people um, in making changes and making that decision of what I do. And I think that um, that fear of uh, people pleasing at many levels and saving themselves the angst of having to ostensibly justify their new pathways really stops people sometimes taking a a new direction. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, I mean, fair enough too. Because I suppose we, you know, it takes a lot of courage to, well, A, work out what you want to do and then B, can, like pursue that, I suppose. Um, do you think when I was reading your article I thought, oh, you know, this is so interesting, all this insight, I wonder where this is coming from in terms of, I mean, I know that you focus on brand awareness a lot in your in your work. And then I read that you, in a previous job or time of your life, you ran a recruitment agency. And of all the things you can say about that experience, I think there's probably no better um, experience in uncovering what it is that makes people tick. And I'm wondering what running that agency has done to help you better understand human nature 
in work and the workplace because that's obviously the stuff that you're running now through your consultancy as well, but in a different way. Yeah, um, another great question. And, yeah, 11 years running a, a, a big recruitment agency in media was certainly, uh, yeah, it, it, it changed everything. One of the biggest things is everybody is different. And coming back to what I mentioned about expectations, I mean, uh, you know, there's this society pressure that everyone, for example, when they would come and visit me and, in, and I'd be interviewing them, I would never ask them the same old question, what do you want to do in five years' time? Because they would often think they, what I'd want to hear. So it's about giving what I really took away is giving people permission that what they want to do is absolutely okay as long as it's for the right reasons. And so, and this is something that plays out now in the workplace, especially you know, a little bit of an ageism area, that not everyone wants to be a manager, not everyone wants to do X, Y, Z, not everyone wants to climb that corporate smash it career ladder and that's okay. So if we combine that with we want to contribute and focus on well, what do you want to contribute in whatever you do and give people permission to do that. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways that people are feeling so trapped in expectations and everyone has a different why. For example, some what I particularly learned was and we take that management thing, you know, I ask people, what do you really enjoy about being a manager? Now, mm. I could ask that to 10 senior candidates and I'd get 10 different responses and that's where the goal was that you can tap in to taking that to their next career, their next board meet, their next board appointment, whatever, because it's the why that they enjoyed something and what they felt they could contribute and felt respected and felt um, that they were making an impact then created more direction for them. And I think that's very much the same if you align that recruitment agency experience and all those millions of conversations I had into the small mm. business world. It's not mm. that you enjoy something, it's why, and to, to peel back that layer of the iceberg. Yes. And there's another point, well, this really ties into it, but you say in the article that one of the ways to uncover that why is to check in with your heart and your head and your gut. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> yeah. I mean, great advice again, but can you explain what each of those things help us understand, like separately? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the head is very much the financial, the hard data. It's the data. It's like, oh, my God, I need to earn $200,000 a year. All right, that's my financial rea reality. This is what I need to do. That's, that's you know, the, the, the data part. It's your head, right? I need to be doing mm -hmm. this. The heart is that connection of purpose and what gives you joy. And just to actually flip back again, using that analogy to, again, the recruitment category is what gives you joy because whatever gives you joy will generally be a great revenue earner for you. That's a given. Mm. You very rarely earn a lot of money doing something that you'd rather tear your hair out with. So your heart is that joy centre of what fuels you, what actually fit that you get a lot out of and that, again, you contribute. And your gut 
is where you just get that, yeah, I'm in the right place. This feels right. You can't quantify it. You can't put a a spreadsheet on it. (laughs) You can't measure it. But it's just that knowing, and I think it's, you call it gut, it's an instinct, you know, it's the same when you meet somebody, you know, your gut will tell you something. And I, that is where when we make decisions and people, and I see it so often in the work I do now with career executives, you know, they, they feel that they, that their head is overruling their heart mm. and their gut. And so they continue to be stuck. They continue to be stuck and often the, they rationalise and justify and reassure themselves that, you know, they need to earn that money. Yeah, but it's actually a false rationalisation. So that's, again, yes. that's the head, heart and gut. And I think we, and with people, you know, it's, you, you can't, you know, you have, you have to combine them with discernment. And I think discernment and courage is really the key on that, yeah. But a lot of people live in their head. A lot of people live in their heart. You know that circle um, of purpose where what you do is what you love to do, what you're great at, what the world needs, and then what the world will pay for. <laughs> and that, yes. I think, I love that circle. I wish that's my favourite uh, Venn diagram. Is it a Venn diagram? I think it is, yeah. I think so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a Venn diagram. But that's, that kind of encapsulates the head, heart and gut, I think, you know. It's it's so when you are putting it into the context. And I think you point on the gut, and this is one of my favourite topics is instinct because I really believe in it, but there are times in your life where you think, oh, no, that that instinct doesn't apply to, that can't apply to work because that's too rational, that's too practical, that I can't listen to that. But I think you only know the power of that when you've experienced it, when you've actually got a job that you're in and you feel that feeling of, and however that manifests for everybody is different, I think, but you feel that feeling similar to when you meet someone you really like and you feel that feeling. It's like you can't go back from that. Once you've experienced it, you can't go back from it. And it's about, as you're saying there, allowing yourself the freedom or the permission, giving yourself the permission to go with that feeling, regardless of what else is going on. Yeah, true. And I think, you know, that old saying, which I disagree with, no like and trust, I think it needs to be recalibrated, you know, and, you know, when we like somebody, for example, we, and that comes back to your gut, when we make decisions, whether to start a new business or to take a new client or whatever, when we like somebody, we actually automatically want to trust them. But that is often unfounded and often, does that make sense? It's, Mm. and that's often where people also get stuck and end up being not moving forward as much as they could without discernment because we're in a, 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 we work, for example, you know, a lot of people say, um, look, I I love working where I am. Um, I love the people. That's great. But, They may not trust the managers and there's many different elements to that. And I think that um, like and trust thing is something, again, coming back to head, heart and the the gut and the heart really needs to be given a little bit more rational thinking. Mm, mm. Could be another topic for you to write about, Sue, that one. (laughs) I will. I will write about it for you later. (laughs) I promise. So the last thing I wanted to tackle was, at the end of the article, you had these 13 fantastic questions, and I love that at the end of an article to really tie in your point. 
And you've come up with these 13 questions to ask ourselves if we're stuck in this should I stay, should I go dilemma with work. Yeah. I just wondered if you could walk us through just quickly, doesn't, you know, each one of those um, so that we can understand the thinking behind those questions. Yeah, look, the first one, again, I'm going to come back to the courage to be disliked. Do I make a difference? Right. Am I making a difference? And that falls into am I contributing? You know, we fundamentally want to end our day thinking, you know what, I've done something good today, I've contributed. Um, have I been challenged? You know, am I being respected and valued? Do I feel that people are listening to me and they're encouraging me? You know, mm-hmm. am I enjoying what I do? Is what, who, what, the client or the business I'm working for, does that align with my values in a bigger sense of life? And, again, it's all subjective. And one of the things that is really important, again, is, well, does it in the quietest moments, well, not really, but, but whenever you ask yourselves any of that question, notice when you say but to yourself, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <Yes. laughs> and it, it, it just but. If there's a but, that's your signal that you're rationalising and justifying something that doesn't suit. And, again, that means you've got to peel back that onion layer. But I think the biggest thing um, in that is am I getting joy? All those 13 parts can be summarised, am I getting joy out of what I'm doing? Does this actually give me joy? And I think Mm -hmm. if we focus on the dollar, that's the worst place to start. You focus on that joy and contribution bit first. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that sort of summarises all of it. But remember too um, that what you feel joy in someone else coming back to differences, it's it's all individual. And so that's, again, why the comparison monster and listening to too much other chatter will do your head in because you are you. And other people's opinions of you is their reality. And so mm. you, part of those, when you go through those questions, not only do you remove that but, but just but, but I'm going to say but, but silence out the, um, the noise from other people. Yeah, and you know what? I think that that line about other people's opinions of you are their reality, we could even put that on a wall somewhere to remind us of that constantly. It seems like a very important lesson to learn that one, particularly as you're trying to cultivate a business. Yeah, and one of the biggest things, because I've worked with a lot of clients, Lucy, who have been career executives, very senior, and decided, you know what, I'm going out on my own. I love that piece of work. I love it because I love working with those Mm. clients. Mm. What they also struggle with is, again, that noise of, oh, but from other people, family members, friends, but, but, but they come from fear that that person is actually doing something and challenging themselves in a way that they would like to but don't have the courage. And so when you don't have something yourself, as you know, you will then transfer that onto somebody else. And it breaks my heart to hear 
people ref- and I can hear it in their voice. Oh, my, my, it might, whatever it is, husband, wife, girlfriend, dog, budgerigar, cat, um, <laughs> things I should be doing. <laughs> budgerigars talk, Lucy. Things oh, I should yeah. be doing something else. And I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a budgie. But, and you know what I'm saying? And they think, and they hearing this negativity, but it's from mm-hmm. someone else's reality. And again, coming the courage to be disliked is that this is me and I, that saddens me and that's something that I, if I could change one thing when people are making that decision whether they should stay or should they go, when, when they hear that those voices from other people recognise that it's their fear that they are wanting you not to go further so they don't need to look in their own mirror. Mm, gosh, yes, so true. And I think we did a survey not long ago and a lot of our community was saying, you know, when they first made that brave decision to turn to their family or their partner, whoever it was, the significant person in their life and say, okay, I'm ready, <laughs> I'm going to do this, <laughs> that it was the one person they thought they could rely on for support that didn't provide that. So yeah. it is, you yeah. know, that's a, such a reality and it is sad, but obviously there's ways to overcome that by just backing yourself as easy as that. And I think you that. And you know, And you know what, I just had a thought then too, the very essence of flying solo is the fabric of that. I truly believe, I mean, like my own husband is my biggest supporter, but he was also a business owner, so he gets it. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and I struggle too, is is when people have got no concept of what it's like to run a business. They've got no idea and therefore for they, they just can't relate and they're the people you don't want to listen to. You truly, if you are planning to run your own business, do not listen to people who've not taken that pathway because they come from a different lens and that lens is fine but not for you and I think that's a real struggle and I I think that's something that that's why you know your flying solo community is so cool is because everyone's in that same pot same boat yeah absolutely so we have run out of time but it is always incredible to speak with you it just sort of flows from your mouth I'm totally on board with what you're saying (laughs) and I really oh bless you I really think that this is such an important thing for us to think about and I know that this podcast will find its way to the people who need to hear it most. If we have, and I'm sure we will, have people listening to this who want to hear more about you or would like to work with you, where can we find, where's the best place to find you and your services? Absolutely. My website is is a, a great resource. It's daregroupaustralia.com.au mm-hmm. or LinkedIn is a great place as well, um, sharing very much on a daily basis what's happening and where I share flying solo, of course. So, yeah, daregroupaustralia.com.au or LinkedIn. Fantastic. Sue, thank you for joining us and I hope you'll be back in uh, very soon. Thanks, Lucy. 